the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Six twelve twenty. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader. Twelve twenty KDOW. Welcome in. Good morning, Rob Black. Your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy September to you. I know you're saying. Are there about 100 days left till Christmas? About. Goes by fast, huh? Big stories in the news this morning. Going to talk about investment strategies, business headlines, personal finance, and much, much more. Microsoft buying Nokia's smartphone business for $7 billion. Some say that Nokia was getting ready to drop Microsoft as a platform, and that Microsoft was desperate to keep alive the image that they were a tablets and phone company as well as a desktop and notebook company as well as an enterprise company. Some people are saying they spent $7 billion to purchase a future CEO, Stephen Elop, who used to be of Microsoft. Some say it's for the patent. Some say it's because they've got so much money in Europe that is not being repatriated to the United States for dividends and or uh, buybacks, but this is just a use of their foreign money. It's about $5 billion in U.S. dollars. Microsoft's also paying an additional 1.65 billion euro, 2.2 billion for the rights to Nokia's patents. Microsoft's going to take on about 32,000 Nokia employees. It's interesting to note this is similar to what happened in the Google Buy Motorola for the hardware business, of which much of it has been written off. A lot of the people have been fired. Nokia has 32,000 employees. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here to those 32,000 employees. Nokia's flagship Lumio phones are most likely the best-selling Windows phones today. Nokia attacks the low end of the smartphone market with cheaper devices. Lumia 920, the 925, the 1020. It could be noted as a sign that Microsoft's trying to stay relevant. This is their second biggest acquisition of all time behind Skype. So Apple had FaceTime. Microsoft didn't have much, so they buy Skype. Apple's got good hardware manufacturing. Samsung's got great hardware hardware manufacturing. Microsoft doesn't. So they buy into the Nokia platform. It's probably not going to annoy other manufacturers that make Windows phones. Some, like Samsung and HTC, they've been able to make more money from Android devices as an alternative to Windows phones. So, I don't know. It's worthy of noting, right? It's kind of intriguing, to say the least. Will it work or not? So far, Wall Street's saying not. In large part, you can see the share price reflecting today going lower. People are not excited about the potential deal. People are saying, you know... This shows you where they actually are, all things considered. So Microsoft stock trading lower today, 4.4% to $32 a share. 
Um, the SP 500 is up 15. The Dow's up 90. The Nasdaq up 43. So it's a positive overall day. Um, Nokia trading higher, up 36%. Time to sell that stock. Facebook trading higher, $42.12, all-time high. Uh, Bank of America trading up 14 uh, at $14 a share, so up 1.7%. So those are some of the headline big-name type stocks. Verizon Vodafone agreed to a $130 billion wireless deal. We talked about this last week. Um, in large part, Vodafone's got a lot of cable assets in Europe. Uh, they also have been benefiting from the relationship with Verizon. Verizon said it's going to be accretive to the earnings, but they are bringing on some debt, but they are committed to their dividend. That's what we got, right? <laughs> These are the stories of the day. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. President Barack Obama is making a set of rounds today discussing what's going on with Syria and trying to you know, gallop up support for the initial bombing that it looks like we're going to be doing imminently. But he is trying to go through the congressional route, which, give him credit. Uh, he criticized George Bush for not doing it, and he's doing it himself and going to Congress, even though he said he's ready to act if need be, with or without him. Jardin Corporation, they're going to buy privately held Yankee Candle from Madison Dearborn Partners. The deal is expected to be officially announced today. Jardin is a maker of well-known household products like Sunbeam and Crock-Pot and Rawlings. Ford's recalling 370,000 Lincoln Mercury and Ford stands to fix a steering shaft issue. The models involved are Ford Crown Victoria, Mercury Grand Marquis, and the Lincoln Town Car sedans. CBS and Time Warner have ended their month-long dispute over fees, striking an agreement which restores CBS's programming in New York, Dallas, and Los Angeles markets. About a month ago, we said it'll get resolved before football. It got resolved before football. I don't think that's all that surprising, and if it is, it shouldn't be. So that's kind of the headlines out there. We're going to get some manufacturing numbers imminent. Let's see if I can't pull those up right now. Give me just a second. Manufacturing in China was a little bit better than expected this morning. August manufacturing index rose to 55.7%. We're eating today. That's uh, any number over 50% represents expansion. July construction spending increases six tenths of a percent. So I would say that economic data is positive for markets. Uh, with the manufacturing expanding at the fastest pace in August in more than two years, again supporting our story that the back half of the year is going to be better than the first half of the year. Uh, Verizon a little bit lower today. They're down four percent on that deal to acquire the 130 billion dollars worth of Vodafone's stake in the Verizon wireless relationship. Hmm. Let's see if there's anything else that's really breaking that we have to get into as far as top stories. Australia holds policy interest rates steady. Can't really call that terribly uh, groundbreaking. Israeli Defense Military and the U.S. Department of Defense uh, conducted some joint tests of their missile operations in the Mediterranean Sea. Again, kind of showing Syria, watch out. We do have big weapons, per se. Oil trimmed some losses on the missile report. So, again, a lot of what's going on overseas tied towards the price of energy and oil in the United States. Let's see. We already got the manufacturing numbers. Oh, the Fed meeting. This is coming up 17th and 18th to decide whether to slow the pace of the bond buying program. A lot of people expect tapering to begin this month, tapering of buying debt. Bank of America up today. 
They're selling its remaining 2 billion shares in China Construction Bank for... Mm, can't really tell, sorry. So that's the second biggest lender in the United States. Um, they were first invested in Construction Bank in 2005, which again... Wall Street kind of ebbs and flows at times. Sometimes we really like the mergers and acquisitions. Sometimes we like growing companies and conglomerates. Sometimes we like realizing some value by breaking down the conglomerates. So what's the best way to generate income in retirement? Doing an event not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, September 12th in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. It's a workshop. Me and CFP Chad Burton are going to go over everything from budgeting, taxes, inflation, and health care. High-fee retirement products to avoid minimizing the impact of taxes. I'm stunned still to this date how many people have poor plans or no plans of what retirement's going to look like. This is a good wake-up call. You can sign up for the event this, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, roughly 10 days from now. Retirement Boot Camp, Thursday, September 12th from 6.30 to 9, 6.30 to 9 at the Little House Hotel in Los Gatos. You can sign up at robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. we got the SP500 up 15, the Dow up 92, the NASDAQ up 43. Winter blends of gasoline cost less than the summer blends do. At this hour, the Dow is up six tenths of a percent to 14,904. The S&P up one third. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. Got a big retirement planning event coming up. September 12th, Toll House Hotel. A lot going on. But you always got to think about your future. And you got your kids right now. I know you got Labor Day done. Kids back to school. You're probably dealing with your first one going into high school, and that's freaking you out. Maybe you're a mom who's taking your kid to kindergarten for the first time and you're doing the, the boo-hoo brunch. We're like, boo-hoo, my kid's finally getting schooled by someone other than me. Let's have a mimosa. So you always got to think about retirement, even though life happens pretty fast and pretty furious for most people. And something that I find discouraging is how many people say just stupid things. I don't believe in the stock market. It's rigged. It's legalized gambling. Look, let's say it is. You still don't have any other choice than to expose some of your cash into assets like this. China seems to be a phony country to a lot of Americans, and I get it. They seem to have what I would refer to as financial engineering coming from their political leaders. They have a nice manufacturing number, but they are slowing on a year-over-year. So a lot of people look at the U.S. and say, ah, we've come so far so fast. But what you have to really look at is the tra- tra- 
trajectory of the economic data. So when we get manufacturing numbers that were the best in two plus years, the trajectory is higher. That can do a lot of good things. Now, I think this is a particularly dangerous month, even though August turned out to be the worst month since 2012. Um, keep in mind that market's made up in quarters, January, February, March, first quarter. April, May, June, second quarter, July, August, September, third quarter. So then you get the back back half of the year, October, November, December. Of course, back half of the year with back to school helps business. People go out and buy new jeans for their kids and trapper keepers. and They go into staples and buy computers and things like that. So back half looks like the number is going to be better than first half. And again, trajectory. So but we start out with things that are bad. And you look at China and you don't really like the fact that their trajectory is slowing. Even if it's high, it's still slowing. Japan is in the grips of a new wave of taxes. India is horrific. There's nothing positive about uh, Russia. Employment numbers are due out this Friday. First Friday of every month we get economic data in the United States. That's worthy of note in large part because the numbers are going to be good. And if numbers are good, that pushes the 10-year treasury straight up to 3%. So cost of mortgage is going to get more expensive. Cost of borrowing is going to get more expensive. That's potentially bad news, right? 3% 10-year treasury could cause the market to pull back. It's Jewish New Year. I don't know what that means. But historically, stocks go down. Jewish New Year. I know, there's some people who really believe in those kind of ways of identifying the markets of, uh, you know, the ho-ho-ho rally, the Santa Claus rally, the sell in May and go away, which would have been a bad idea this year, but yet that phrase is still out there. It was interesting to note that traffic for work this morning was considerably heavier than it has been in the past few months. And again, there's this get back to work now, and when you're working, you're typically spending money. S&P 500 is up 13, the Dow's up 79, the Nasdaq up 32. Um, I was talking this weekend about Santa Barbara and investing in Santa Barbara and how expensive it is. And you know, when you start looking at areas where you can invest in the Bay Area, do you? go to established expensive areas or to go to the up and coming areas like a Paso Robles there's an ancient aquifer that supplies water the water table drops wells go dry Paso Robles is bigger and bigger and bigger into vines and, and making wine could this be the next big area to um, experience growth or do they have a water problem so, do you have to truck in water? Paso Robles, you know, is a, a fancy for wine lovers, and the cost of living there is considerably cheaper, and the cost of homes is considerably cheaper than, say, Napa. Just that whole area, not necessarily just Paso Robles. So, we're always looking for new areas to potentially go after, I think, at least. So, everyday Americans get into their cars, and they drive to work or they go to the store, even though every day you turn on the news and there's some sort of horrific story about an auto accident. 
most of us have learned that just because something can happen to one driver, that it's not necessarily going to happen to me. We expect to get to our destination. Most people don't have auto accidents most of the time. It's an uncertainty issue, but we deal with it. This is very likely the same kind of thought that you should have with investing. Successful investors are often the ones who can differentiate between short-term events that occur and major trends in the long term. On any given day, the market can be ugly based on financial media. But is that a longer-term trend or not? market goes up 7 out of 10 years at 70% of the time. And during the last month, the market has pulled back from its record highs because of increased uncertainty about Federal Reserve policy. We'll learn a little bit more this month, the 17th and 18th. Investors are turning a little bit more cautious. The path the economy is taking is not as clear as the probability of winning the lottery or of getting into an accident. The U.S. economy continues to face a lot of challenges out there. But if the global economy gets strong again, the United States, you know, we won't look nearly as attractive because we've had such a big run in the last three years compared to the global markets. You know, investors could see the negatives, but you should ultimately see the longer-term positive. The U.S. economy, the U.S. stock market, even though the market's going to experience volatility, it's still the best place to buy, especially on price weakness. During the next month or two, yeah, September and October are setting up to have a lot of potential headline risk. Does that mean it's going to be realized, or is that headline risk also good news? You know, we'll see how we deal with the budget deficit in the United States that's coming up. We'll see how we're shaping up for the elections next year, 2014. Will we get a new Fed Reserve President named, or will it be Yellen, which is the forefront expected winner of that coveted position of king banker. But yeah, it's it's dramatic. What's going to happen with Syria? Are we the world's police or are we the world's moral compass? You can find out more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Pick up the phone. Give me a call 800-516-1220. And don't forget, i got a big event coming up Thursday the 12th in... Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel, Retirement Workshop Boot Camp. Sign up at robblack.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. September 3rd, 2013. Back to school. Big time of the year for the economy. Coming up, holiday season. Christmas. Big season for the economy as well. Something we have to pay attention to is lots counting on the back half of this year. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. He is the chief market analyst. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? 
Hi, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Um, happy post-Labor Day. Get back to work. Uh, how are things looking out there? Yeah, well, likewise. Um, well, things are looking uh, better this morning than they did uh, going into the weekend. I think we can attribute uh, that improvement to the uh, understanding that any potential military strike against Syria looks to have been uh, deferred. Um, uh, not that there won't be one, but there isn't going to be one um, today, and there wasn't one over the weekend, as the market had feared. Uh, and then you pair that with some uh, some decent economic news that we got uh, out of the manufacturing sector, uh, both uh, in China and the Eurozone, and then this morning out of the U.S. with the uh, encouraging reading for the ISM index. And, of course, you can throw in a spate of M&A activity that uh, is getting some people's attention, and you know, the market's got a, got a decent bid to it this morning. Let's talk a little bit about that M&A. Nokia once was a leader in, in phones in the 90s, Motorola in the 80s. Motorola has been acquired by Google. Uh, Nokia now being acquired by Microsoft. It's funny how great leaders, great stock prices, eventually get you know demolished and, and picked up for pennies on the dollar. Uh, what are your thoughts on the acquisition this morning? Right. Well, you know, you say that uh, you know I don't really follow uh, you know either company specifically, but uh, from what I can have been reading anyway, is that they're in what you can somewhat surmise from the uh, decline in Microsoft stock price on the other side of a deal that they're saying is going to be accretive to earnings uh, is that the market is is you know questioning the uh, the strategy here and whether it's uh, really a case of uh, you know a, a a deal born out of weakness versus one predicated on uh, on real strength. So uh, remains to be seen how you know Microsoft ultimately leverages this uh, acquisition of uh, Nokia's handset business and can uh, try to compete against uh, some very formidable competitors in the likes of uh, Samsung and, and Apple, which pretty much dominate the uh, the smartphone market right now. Are you reading into it as it's a true merger and acquisition, or is it more of a uh, Microsoft has a lot of money overseas? Microsoft is having a problem gaining traction in the phone market. I've seen some cynicism that's basically said Nokia was getting ready to drop them as a platform. I've seen $8 billion to buy a CEO. Does this feel like good M&A, or does this feel like desperate M&A? Well, you know, I think that uh, as it relates to uh, to Microsoft's position right now, I mean, $7.2 billion, is, you know, it's not an insignificant amount of money, but um, but it does kind of sort of, uh, fit into the realm of uh, Microsoft, you know, reaching to try and, uh, you know, find its way into a into a new competitive landscape. Um, and uh, we got, you know, wind of that last week when uh, Steve Ballmer announced he's going to be stepping down as CEO in the next 12 months uh, because, you know, he recognizes that Microsoft's at an inflection point uh, where it's going to need to uh, uh, become a, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, a more modern company, if you will, to uh, to deal with the changing competitive landscape and and this effort to essentially try to tap into the to the smartphone market uh, with its uh, acquisition of uh, Nokia's handset business, I think, reflects that that changing uh, view of things at Microsoft. So, just remains to be seen whether they certainly have the financial firepower to to make a splash, but uh, but then again, so does uh, Apple and uh, Samsung. <laughs> So you mentioned things are economically looking better this morning, China, Europe, United States. Friday, we're going to get the employment numbers in the United States. Is that potentially going to send the 10-year Treasury to 3%? And if so, market's going to react negatively, positively? What are your thoughts coming up in the next couple of weeks? 
Right. Well, it, you know, uh, I wrote a piece for the big picture column on briefing.com this uh, this past week that uh, basically laid out a, a you know a, a whole number of issues that pretty much boil down to. Uh, the fact that the market's staring at a whole lot of uncertainty right now. Um, the employment report we're going to get on Friday is just one of those elements that's injecting some uncertainty into the market. Um, it's looked at essentially as sort of the determining factor that will um, help the Fed determine if it's going to, you know, pull back on its asset purchases at the September FOMC meeting, and and basically by by how much. Um, if this report is strong, um, which would presumably be a good indication for you know for the U.S. economy, more people are working, uh, more people making money. You know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but the Treasury market might respond negatively, as as you implied in the question. And you could see a you know a three percent yield on the ten-year in a hurry. We saw today, really after the ISM number, that the Treasury market took that as a yet another sign that's sort of leaning or favoring the Fed tapering here, um, but the response was negative, and you now have the yield pushing 2.9% uh, on the 10-year note. So we could see that back up in a hurry if you get a, a, a pretty strong employment report. Okay, I'm kind of out of ideas. What are you, you working on right now, Mr. O'Hare? Right, well, um, kind of in the same mode of sort of getting back into the swing of things here. You know, obviously enjoy the, the holiday weekend, but um, the market is essentially in this, uh, as our market analysts, essentially in this sort of wait-and-see mode. Um, number of items that are out in front of us, I already mentioned the employment report, uh, have the uncertainty surrounding Syria. Again, that needs to be carefully monitored. It's uh, something that's likely to kind of come to a head over the next week or so. Uh, we uh, you know, you have that. You have the September 17th, 18th FOMC meeting. You have the German elections, September 22nd, and you still have Congress now coming back into session next week. Uh, and they're going to have to de- work out a budget agreement. They're going to have to deal with the debt ceiling. Oh, and you know, last but not least, uh, we're coming up upon uh, that time when a, a new chairman of the Federal Reserve is going to need to be nominated. So, so you can see that the market's going to have a lot to digest here uh, in the next several weeks. So, uh, you know, essentially, you know. Say fasten your seatbelts because it uh, may very well be a roller coaster ride as as those things uh, you know come to a head. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. One last question for you: You kind of mentioned job creation not a bad thing. You also were mentioning that there's a lot of headlines coming up. If the market does transition from super low interest rates kind of environment where the stocks perform pretty well, if it transitions to a we're creating jobs, things are looking better, spending's on the up, manufacturing's on the up. Um, what's that mean for the stock market? Is it a, a rough transition into a nice market, or is it a rough transition and we don't know where it takes us? Right. Well, we think that you know what it should be is a transition into a nice stock market uh, because uh, we've been basically climbing a wall of worry here that uh, you know interest rates are, are moving up you know too fast. Uh, too soon because you don't have you know underlying economic strength to to back up that um, that jump in interest rates and if you get these indications that you know hiring activity is increasing uh, that you know incomes are rising uh, that's going to be a, a positive backdrop for uh, corporate profits and uh, to the extent that you can continue to get profit growth uh, in the face of uh, improving economic data 
proving signs of economic activity, um, that will help the stock market tolerate a rise in interest rates uh, much better than it would if you get a rise in interest rates that's driven primarily by a fear of the Fed getting out uh, too soon and without the economic data really uh, reinforcing that decision. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international markets. I speak with Patrick O'Hare Tuesday mornings in the 7.30 block. Wednesday mornings I speak with Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Clearly he and I will focus on those job numbers this time, not this time, but 8.30 tomorrow morning Pacific Standard Time. So manufacturing strongest in 26 months in the United States. That's positive. Home prices continue to climb. That's both a positive and a negative. As home prices climb, we tend to leave people out of the market who didn't get into the homes. Home prices jumped 12.4% in July from a year earlier, reflecting a housing market that's increasingly favoring sellers amidst a tight supply of available homes for sale. This is according to CoreLogic this morning. Um, some prices are just unsustainable. Uh, you know, Nevada saw home prices jump 27%, still not where they were in 2006, but that's not the point. Um, the last two, three years have been relatively good for the real estate market, depending on where you are, how much it's recovered, how fast. Uh, be cautious. You never want to chase performance, and I know it's easy to get caught up in that kind of mindset. CBS deal ends the Time Warner blackout ahead of the NFL season. Uh, this is one of those stories that continues to develop in our life. Media costs continue to go up when you see how much the NFL just paid to settle concussion charges against with their players. It's a big business. It's a huge business. And companies like Google can buy the media packages towards sports and put them on their platforms as unique, something to drive traffic, and it's easy for them to monetize versus the uh, networks themselves. I saw how much the actors in Breaking Bad were making per episode, and I was a little disappointed for them. I thought they would have been making a little bit more. Of course, we all say, oh, I'd play football for free if they could let me play football, or of course I would play. Uh, I'd be a TV star for free. It's not quite that simple. Anyhow, um, media's changing. There's no doubt about it. And the way we consume it and how much we're willing to pay for it, changing. This is Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Got that big event coming up September 12th, Retirement Boot Camp in Los Gatos, California. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. From Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York, I'm John Tucker. U.S. stocks rebounding from the worst monthly drop in more than a year. Treasury is also falling. As a ready for a new word? Thanksgiving Uka. Thanksgiving Ukanka. Thanksgiving Uka. I can't even figure it out. Basically, Hanukkah. Thanksgiving a call. Thanksgiving is probably on the same day as Hanukkah this year. Give us Thanksgiving a call. It's the first time since, well, all the way back to 1918 that Hanukkah, the eight-day Jewish festival of lights that normally starts close to Christmas... It's all on the same date as Thanksgiving, which is November 28th. 
the coincidence has something to do with how the Jewish calendar, which follows the lunar cycle, dovetails with the familiar 12-month Gregorian or Christian calendars. Um, I don't want to even talk about being an expert on calendars, because Lord knows I'm not. Um, I like the 18th century pottery uh, calendar jugs. Um, some some like 17th century pottery. I'm an 18th century especially Byzantine. Coincidence on the Jewish calendar and Hanukkah could create a very odd shopping scenario. Modern-day Hanukkah traditions give gifts on the eight nights. They'll be buying presents well in advance. The usual post-Thanksgiving Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales push. That could result in weaker overall holiday sales at a time when retailers are hoping for their strongest season since the Great Recession came into play. Some people are seeing it as more of a positive. Some people are seeing it as more of a negative. You know, starting... I think we'll start seeing the Christmas decorations right about now. We've got about 100 days until Christmas, right? So will they try to get like two Black Fridays out of the whole deal? Get people shopping for Hanukkah gifts? Get people shopping for Christmas gifts? Back-to-back kind of scenario? Hanukkah-friendly Cyber Monday... The virtual door is going to be open for not only Jewish shoppers, but all shoppers. You know, who can't wait for uh, you know, getting their purchases done and over with. Um, you know, inside this story, there's a interesting angle about, again, Hanukkah, gift-giving, eight days. Jewish population is considered a, a particularly affluent population. 46% of Jewish population has a household income of over $100,000 plus compared with just 18% of the overall U.S. population. Now again, that doesn't translate automatically into holiday shopping, but it is something to be cognitive of. Um, So that's coming up this year. Auto leasing, interestingly enough, what percentage of cars in the United States do you think are leased today? Of new car transactions, what percentage is leased? 27.6% is the correct answer. Leasing's become very popular and it's been rising steadily in the United States. The average monthly payment on a lease is $50 less than for buying a new car with traditional auto loans. I'm uh, looking for the end of the year deals. My next vehicle, I'm probably going to lease because it's going to be a truck. Uh, I'm new to the world of big, powerful trucks, but i got things I need to haul. And uh, if I lease it, I probably won't put more than 12,000 miles a year on it, so I'm considered leasing. I'm considering it. It shows you that you should always consider your options. I tend to recommend, unless you're wealthy, to buy a two-year-old used car from people who are turning in their leases. Uh, You get a much better deal on the depreciation. People are pretty open-minded about leasing now. So any model could be leased. You know, the number is 27.6% of all transactions, but three years ago it was 17.7%. Considered, you know, pickup trucks. The monthly payment for a three- or four-year pickup lease was typically around 500 bucks, while buying the same truck with an auto loan would cost approximately $400 a month. The opposite's true today especially with the lower interest rates, it's helped. Anyhow, I'm just throwing it out there that 
people are being as creative as they can. I would never consider a lease if you're going to put serious miles on it. Um, I could talk Burning Man. I'm not going to talk Burning Man, but I could, but I won't. It's just not there today. Just won't do it for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Obviously, the big one is Microsoft buying Nokia, but there's also the Verizon Wireless, Verizon buying Verizon Wireless stake from Vodafone for $130 billion. When you do the math on that, it just it makes your head spin. Did he say $130 billion? Yes. So the risk favored following delay of military action in Syria. U.S. Congress is going to debate the issue next week. Treasury sell-off in reaction to better-than-expected August manufacturing data in the United States suggesting participants view the data as supportive of near-term tapering. So the 10-year Treasury is something that we're paying close, close, close attention to. And it's at 2.89%. The cost of ultra-cheap money is becoming cheap money. Tesla's been a stock that everyone's been fascinated with this year. Their stock has done nothing but make people money. But if you look at Tesla in the financial media world or in Twitter, a lot of people, you know, are divided on it. You know, there's 30% short interest on it. People compare Tesla now to Steve Jobs and Apple. Elon Musk and Jobs, it's not a new idea. So it's hard to find many parallels amongst living CEOs to Musk. So it's particularly loved and hated stock. Facebook, also one of those loved and hated. Which calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got an event coming up. September 12th, Thursday, in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. It's a retirement workshop boot camp. Sign up for it today. How will the sequester impact the markets? When will the Fed start tapering? This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. 516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, in particular, I think some of the headlines are intriguing. Manufacturing expands at the fastest pace in two years. Good news for the economy. Manufacturing expanding probably means job growth. Probably means wage inflation. 
if we're manufacturing things, we're hanging out at the factory a little bit longer. Silver jumps 4%, gold advances today. All on the news of nothing really driving that other than the expectations of you know where the U.S. economy is going to be. Chinese economic data, upcoming strikes at South African mines, continued tension over Syria. All create safe haven type plays for the precious metals. So far, the gold price is holding its own fairly well, despite better economic data and firmer U.S. dollar. So somewhere in $1,200 to $1,300 range per ounce, people feel there's a lot of support for the price of gold. 800-516-1220 calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Some other stories to, you know, focus in on today. You know, Verizon, buying Verizon Wireless from Vodafone, buying out their stake for $130 billion. That's um, impressive. It also tells you that the Verizon landline value is shrinking Wireless is going to be worth a lot more over time. Purchase is going to give Verizon full ownership of a venture that has grown over more over the last decade to become a company's biggest generator of sales and profit, accounting for about two-thirds of 2012 revenue and almost all of its operating income. Verizon has a market cap value of about $136 billion. To spend $130 billion on picking up Vodafone, share in the venture tells you that it's, it's a biggie. This is for control of, you know, part of the business that's going to drive growth and profitability in the coming decades. Your next generation of vehicle, probably 2014, 2015, you're going to start seeing 4G built into vehicles. 4G capabilities means that AM and FM radio could seriously be threatened by the ability to get Pandora, per se on your radio in your car, or to get access to your cloud music into your car. Cloud music being like any album that you buy from Amazon or Apple that you store online, somewhere up in the cloud that you can get while you're driving. So that's a big story. On top of it, Microsoft and Nokia, big story. You know, I think one of the reasons that Nokia is out there being acquired, first and foremost, is Microsoft has a lot of foreign cash, so why not use it? It's not getting any much in banks. Um, if you take a look at Nokia's second quarter release, the revenues were down 24% year over year. That's full-scale collapse. Nokia needed Microsoft a lot more than Microsoft needed Nokia, but... There was threats that Nokia was going to kick Microsoft phones out the door and go with uh, different operating system. Nokia once was a dominant company. A lot of people very, very upset that a Finnish tech company is selling out to an American company. Microsoft also bought Skype, which was foreign-based, a few years ago for more than it actually bought Nokia. So a scary statistic today. And for the record, I think uh, Winner is not Microsoft in this deal. I think it's a smart move by them, but very small odds of, of winning. Um, one of the more interesting stories I saw this morning that scared me was, if you alter one type of gene in a mouse, it'll allow it to live 20% longer. 
For us, that would be like gaining 16 years of life. Genetically engineered mice to make them produce only 25% of their normal amount of two very similar proteins, uh, MTOR1 and MTOR2. Decreased activity of these genes have long been linked to longer lifespan in past studies of yeast, worms, and flies. So, interesting. Aging is not really regulated in all tissues by the same mechanism. So maybe we do live longer, but uh, the tissues and organs and how they interact with each other are incredibly complex. So, but that's a weird public concept out there of the way we age and potentially living longer. And it's kind of kind of freaky. Um, other stories of note. LeBron James is going to be working with stars on a sitcom. He won't star in the half-hour sitcom, but he'll be an executive producer of the show called Survivor's Remorse. And that's going to explore the lives of two men from the streets who attain fame. One's an NBA star and one is not. So, I know you don't think LeBron James is a TV producer, but there you go. It's kind of Odd, right? So some other stories that are in the news today include, but are not limited to, uh, H&R Block, they're set to report earnings. U.S. automakers are releasing their August sales figures today with Edmunds estimating a 13.3% increase year over year to an annual run rate of $13.5 million. CVS and Time Warner have ended their month-long dispute over fees, striking an agreement which restores programming, oddly enough, right before the NFL season in New York, Dallas, and L.A. Ford's doing a recall of 370,000 vehicles uh, to fix a steering shaft issue in the Lincoln, Mercury, and Ford. When you see headlines like that, they sound scary, but the company has more than adequate insurance for an angle like that. So it's nothing that you need to get all caught up in or angry about. Friday, we get the employment numbers in the United States. And September 17th and 18th, we get Fed meetings. Where will they or won't they put up or shut up time for tapering of purchases of bond debt? Um, when you own a corporation, you, own a, you, know, you give up some of your assets cash to buy a share of a company, become an owner. That entitles you to gain in share price as well as participate in dividend. That's one of the angles out there. When you buy bonds, you're you know basically giving a company money that you expect back at some period of time with interest. So bonds are basically IOUs, corporate IOUs, um, whereas stock, common stock, is more of a you become potential owner of company. Even if it's one share out of a million, you're still an owner of Apple. No, you can't go into Apple stores and fire them, even though that sounds like a fun idea. Which, for the record, I was in an Apple store this weekend. Man, they do that store right. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. August just ended. Today, traffic on 101 was considerably heavier than in past uh, few months. So we are getting back to work. It's back to school. Back to school is a spending season. Second biggest in the United States behind only the holiday season. So we've got some big economic events coming up. Teach calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget to get an event coming up September 12th. It's Retirement Workshop Boot Camp. It's going to be at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos at 6.30 to 9 p.m. On Thursday, September 12th, 
You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Take a break here. We'll be right back. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Amazon's finally, finally bundling print and e-books together. If you purchase print, you get a digital version of a book at a discount. Kindle Matchbooks is the name of a new program through which Amazon customers beginning in October will be able to buy cheap e-copies of books they've already bought in hardcover paperback. So you're talking about $1.99 in most cases, some cases $0.99, and in some cases $2.99. I kind of like the idea, to be honest with you. It seems very 21st century. The fact that we want something big in our hand, but also we want something... Uh, that we could read electronically on a flight without, you know, lugging all along a book that we may want to keep. So, it's out there. Dow cuts its gain nearly in half on Speaker John Boehner's statement of support on Syria. Oddly enough, U.S. and Israel tested some missile defense systems in the Mediterranean. And, uh, ironically, Wall Street <laughs> sees that as maybe I ought to sit outside and watch this uh, Rockets Red Glare thing that we've been hearing so much about. S&P 500's up 13, the Dow's up 60, the Nasdaq up 37. Let's welcome in Tony Mendez. Tony and I go way back. He's someone that I trust. He's someone I've done loans with in the past. He is my lender. You can find him online at bayarealonesource.com. That's bayarealonesource.com. I am in my world of the stock market of companies and picking stocks and the economy and interest rates as tied towards borrowing costs for corporations. You, on the other hand, see things a little bit differently. I don't see everything you see. And like an FHA loan, I don't even know what it is. What's it sta- what is it? Federal Housing Administration. Okay. It's, it was started back in the 40s to help low-income and low-credit borrowers get into housing. It was an initiative, uh, and it's still around. It's, it's now slowly becoming or fast becoming the new subprime. Subprime is gone. Those are those tricky loans, the stated income, interest only, and NEGAM loans. FHA kind of replaced that. It's also a low down payment program. You can put as little as 3.5% all the way to $729,000 loan here in the Bay Area. So it's a tool that people use when they have um, a lower, a lower income, lower credit scores, and lower down payment. It's not always the best tool to get into real estate, especially if the market's going to be flat or you think your job might go away sometime soon or you might decrease income or lose some income from a family member if they get, you know, have a child, for example. Um, but there are some advantages to it. You, know, you can get gift money from okay. a, a couple other places. You can have non-occupant co- uh, co-borrowers, meaning you can have your parents help you co wait, 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 wait. Let's do the first one first. Gift money. What is gift money and how does it tie to an FHA loan and why is that a good thing? Um, gift money is gift from a family member, for right. example. And you can do that in most cases with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, your regular conventional loans. But all of the gift can come from your family as opposed to having it to put in a 5 or 10% in the Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Um, gifts are, are a good thing, I, I think. And it's a way that you know, families help each other out. Um, but it's, it's still my goal that no matter what, I do on a real estate transaction. I always try to get 20% because the extra down payment that you put in is going to get rid of that mortgage insurance. And it's all about the rate of return. FHA has a high mortgage insurance. And this is the the con to FHA is 
not the con, meaning it's a, it's a scam, it's the, the pro and con, is mortgage insurance for FHA has gone up year over year over year since 2006. It's over one and a quarter right now on a monthly basis, and that's planning on going up again. And they're about to change the rule about keeping your mortgage insurance for five years and then being able to eliminate it once you hit 78%. It's called now life mortgage insurance, life of the loan mortgage insurance. So it's becoming a lot more expensive to use FHA. It has regained popularity recently, but it's, it's probably going to go away. FHA has been having some trouble keeping their balance sheet straight. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit FHA. That's a product. I don't know it. I trust that people like you know all the products out there. Um, you one time showed me something called Loan Sifter that you punch in someone's name, address, income, and it basically starts telling you, you know, who will loan this person how much money. Uh, do I need to know about FHA, or do I just need a good lender who knows about all the programs out there? If you have, if if you're in a product. Uh, buying a house or refinancing, your loan amount is conforming, meaning it conforms to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and you have at least 10% equity, you don't need an FHA loan. You can, you'll still get a mortgage insurance, but it'll be a lot less lowering, but your rate might be a little higher. But your mortgage insurance will drop off at a certain point as opposed to FHA. Um, I think if you were to do normal payments on a 3.5% down, you're looking at over seven, eight years of keeping mortgage insurance as opposed to somebody who gets bonuses. Let's say you get a, uh, you're looking at the difference between FHA and a conventional, and you have 10% down. Should you use FHA or should you use a conventional? I'd use conventional if you had a way to get that loan balance below 80% of the original appraised value because your MI will drop off. FHA, you have to keep it a minimum of five years. The new proposal will make you keep it for the life of the loan. Yeah. Like I, said, like I said when we started this segment, there's some things that I don't know. I'm actually kind of glad I don't know all those thoughts on FHA. You know, I get the low down payment. I get the, the rate same as a conventional, but it's too much for me to retain. I'll give you a reason why you'd want to use FHA. If your credit score was 640, yeah. you're going to have a much higher rate if you use a conventional. But FHA has a flat, a flat rate for whether you have a 640 or an 800 score. So that's another reason to use FHA. Got it. That's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you're shopping for a home, you're going to need to shop for a loan. Contact him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Microsoft is said to be getting very aggressive with low-end phone pricing. Big question is, what will Microsoft do with Nokia's feature phone business? This is probably good news for companies like Verizon and companies like AT&T who have to pay subsidize Apple for their high-cost product that won't be passed on to consumers. Microsoft could go after the low end. Microsoft is serious about extending its reach in Africa, Latin America, Southeast Asia. It's got a whole new vehicle to deal with to reach millions of customers who have neither owned a PC or an Xbox. Phones could start supporting a Skype button to offer instant access to voiceover internet protocols, texting, and photo sharing. Can and will they do it? Nokia's models are known for the relatively strong mobile game lineups. Video games are one area where Microsoft has made serious headway in the past decade. So how will they integrate? And should they be giving away the phones for free so that you get used to the software? Google gives away a lot of their software for free so that you get used to the services that they try to make money on and they do make money on. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. China's slowing. U.S. is growing. 
Brazil, Russia, India, or China, depending on which one you're looking at, could look messy or good on any given day. But overall, India has got problems. Russia has got problems. Brazil has got infrastructure demands and needs. Commodity-rich country. This is Rob Black and your money. You can meet me Thursday, September 12th. Las Gatas Toll House Hotel Retirement Workshop Boot Camp. Have a plan for retirement. Start with that. Sign up at robblack.com. I try to put myself out there, but it seems they're all the same. Just telling... Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Tooth Fairy is a loser. Something for me to hate on. Something for me to get behind. Ah yes. Tooth Fairy is a loser. I do a segment called Winners and Losers on my Channel Four Cron television segment at nine fifteen in the morning. I post a copy of it at YouTube under Rob Black Show. And the Tooth Fairy's loser. This has got me so angry. I just want to tell all American children there's no such thing as the Tooth Fairy. Sorry if uh, that's breaking or busting news to you. Santa's real, but the Tooth Fairy's not. Most Americans tighten their belt from a recession. We've become a little bit more frugal. The fantasy figure known as the Tooth Fairy is becoming much more generous. 90% of Americans participate in the practice of the Tooth Fairy. It's a practice that goes back to the 1800s, seeing children place their lost baby teeth under their pillow for the Tooth Fairy who leaves some loose change in exchange for the tooth. But the days of finding a quarter are gone. Somewhat surprising, only a third of those surveyed report the Tooth Fairy left a dollar per tooth. The Tooth Fairy is most generous in the northeast of the United States, leaving $4.10 per tooth on average. Some houses are cleaning up. The average household in America, $3.70. If you factor in all the teeth, that's $74 for a full set of baby teeth. Babies only have 20 teeth. Hopefully you have more if you listen to the show as an adult. Some youngsters are set to make... A killing. 6% of American children get $20 or more. 2% get a $50 bill. Look, I'll, I'll consider cutting my mower out right now on air for 50 bucks. I often tell you that I'll trade this show for a good six-pack of beer. Heck, everything has a price, right? Even dear old mom has a price. But I hate the Tooth Fairy. Because it's inflation. Year over year, we're leaving more for our kids. And year over year, we're not necessarily making more money. Many Americans are actually being left out in the last 10, 15 years. So the average American worker has made no progress in the last decade, even though cost of living is higher. 
mass layoffs, sky-high unemployment, Great Recession, basically said, hey, employers are in charge. They set wages. When unemployment's 4, 5, 3%, we're like, okay, screw you, boss. I'm going to another job. Or, boss, if you don't give me a raise, I'm going to another job. Between 2002 and 2012, wages were stagnant and declined for the entire bottom 70% of the wage distribution. The vast majority of wage earners have already experienced a lost decade where real wages were either flat or in decline. So if inflation's averaging 3% and you're getting 2% raises, you ain't keeping up. That's discouraging. I know you're saying, please, discourage me more, discourage me more. State funding for colleges have decreased 30% in 15 states since 2007. So state funding is jacking up college tuition costs at the start of a new school year, punctuated with a new financial norm. Despite some recent tuition freezes, public universities continue to suffer from significant spending cuts by their own states. California, my home state, has seen a decrease of about 14% in funding in the last year. In the last five years, down 26%. How schools respond to these cuts usually uh, change things. They can increase tuition. They could say, you know, sorry, in-state students, we're going to the out-state students who pay more, or the international students. And they can cut enrollment so that each student gets the same size slice of the pie of funding. Those are three areas not good. It is no good. It is not good. So wages not going up, college, cost of college going up, cost of the tooth fairy going up. Tooth fairy, I hate you. I'd eat you if you were tasty. Verizon leads the pack of announcements today. Acquiring Vodafone's 45% stake in Verizon Wireless. Microsoft not to be outdone. They're acquiring Nokia's handset business. A lot of bases to cover right now. A lot of information. Friday's employment report is going to be a big one. Because that's going to tie into the September 17th, 18th Federal Reserve meeting. And whether or not they continue their asset purchase program as is or modify it and maybe taper and purchase fewer amounts of bonds. There's a G20 summit in Russia that promises to be interesting, considering Russia's opposition to military action against Syria. Russia will give Syria all the chemical weapons they want to kill their own people, but no one better mess with their, their buddies. There's a lot of things in the mix right now. There's Syria, there's the Fed, there's the German election, there's the budget debate, there's the debt ceiling debate. There's a nomination of a new Fed chairman. And none of it has a real good, clear sense. You know, the roller coaster rides that I love are the ones that you can see. Like, hey, big, big drops coming up. Roller coaster rides I don't like are the ones in, like, pitch darkness. Those hurt. I know you're saying, good for you. Uh, if you need a mortgage, one strong thing that I highly recommend is pre-checking your credit score. It reflects your credit history. If you spot items that are inaccurate, you'll want to contact the credit reporting agency. Most negative items, but not all, fall off after seven years. Some bankruptcies stay on for ten years. Have the right paperwork. Sign tax returns to the past two years minimum. 
recent pay stubs from your job, complete copies of all financial statements. Don't give up because of a low credit score. Um, fix your credit score. A good credit score can greatly help in the application process. But there's always a wide range of financial options. That's why I recommend working with a mortgage lender. They can review your choices. Some good lenders punch in your data and, you know, your down payment, your income, your credit, collateral, your credit history. And ten banks will say yes, one will say no, and then, you know, you start refining it from there. That's why I don't like working with banks for mortgages. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in there. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. I kind of pride myself in that. Um, Burning Man, I keep teasing that I'm going to talk about it, and then I don't want to talk about it. So I'm not going to talk about it. There's an article that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, high net worth families, privately held companies. The financial industry tends to go after high net worth families, privately held companies, because the amount of work that you do for $100,000 clients about similar to the amount of work you do for a $10 million client. And sometimes the expectations of how to earn money, the $10 million client has more realistic expectations. So a lot of people tend to focus on short-term performance instead of benchmarks. That presents an opportunity for you that you should remember. It's about getting to retirement. It's not about beating the markets. It's about not losing to the markets. It's about playing the game right. You know, the, the cyclical nature of the market can distort relative performance in the short term. It can make someone look great. It can make someone look poor. The bloodbath in emerging markets in the short term could create a scenario where you go like, oh, I wish I wasn't in that. Or it could create a scenario where you're like, oh, I wish I had more of that because it's now looking cheaper. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they look at data in a static way versus in a dynamic way. Dynamic, you look at trajectory, you look at trends. Static, you look at you know relative benchmarks that may or may not reflect your risk profile and your goals. Nokia CEO Stephen Elop, $7.2 billion acquisition. Um... Stephen Elop wrote a memo to his employees called The Burning Platform. He saw, Elop saw Nokia's business as an oil rig that's on fire, forcing workers to jump into the North Sea. Clinging to a burning platform only means certain death. Nokia's joint venture with Microsoft, in which the phone maker exclusively adopted Microsoft Windows Phone Platform. And they turned out some beautiful phones. And Lumia Line, beautiful. But they continue to lose share to Apple and Samsung. So, interesting, Elop basically wrote the same exact thing. You know, today's deal of Microsoft buying Nokia is presumably voted confidence, even though if you look at Nokia's business, it's down 25% year over year. Nokia is a burning platform. Can Microsoft write it? 
I don't think anyone really thinks that's the case right now. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Kitty Kirk, engaged to a banker. Why do I bring that up? Because sometimes marrying is a financial plan. Who you marry is a financial plan. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos at Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for it September 12th, Thursday evening at robblack.com. Stocks are trading well off... Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Samsung's going to unveil a new product. Galaxy Note smartwatch. Um, September 5. Scheduled event for this Wednesday. I guess it's September 4th. Updated version of its popular line of large screen smartphones. Company introduced its predecessor device at last year's IFA show ahead of the fall launch. Keep in mind that Apple's got an event coming up September 10th. What Samsung can do to integrate the device with the phone, big deal because it frustrates consumers. Um, Galaxy Gear, and you know, what's going to be the evolution from the Nike fuel band into smart fitness focused devices or the ability to get apps coming in? You know, Samsung's intentions on the smartwatch haven't really been figured out at this point in time. Watches are declining form factor, and smartwatches have been around in some form for a decade and not gotten a lot of traction. The new Galaxy Note 3 will be a less risky bet than a smartwatch. Um, but at the same time, I think the smartwatch has some potential. Uh, if done correctly, I would much rather look at a watch then look at a big brick, which is a phone with a big screen. Especially if I'm in a meeting, would I rather have my watch, you know, uh, vibrate a little bit that a message has come in or have my phone vibrate and shake the table? You get the idea, I think. Uh, so much to talk about. So little time to talk about it. John Boehner is basically coming out and saying we're going to support the president. On any action, country needs this dealing with Syria. Interesting to see what's going to happen when bombs start flying. We tend to create a buying opportunity at that point in time. Um, not always, but it's something to think about. Um, I know. From the social standpoint, it feels horrible when we see that happen. You know, you never want to see American lives put in danger in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, as an investor, it's typically not that dramatic. ETFs suffered a record outflow in August as, I think, the consumer basically saying, you know what, I'm a little bit nervous about September and October. Eh, 
Maybe I get a little more defensive, but I don't panic. Cable bundles. ESPN has a lot at stake over cable bundles. You know, will I cancel Dexter? Will I cancel Showtime after Dexter's over? Maybe. I'm not that big into Homeland. I thought season one was great. I thought season two was kind of silly. Will I cancel HBO after Game of Thrones eventually ends? Joffrey the Boy King. Probably not going to make it through his wedding. Intent, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. So Disney's got a lot invested in this argument of when do we cancel? Is it when the bill gets too high? Disney's owned by, or ESPN's owned by Disney, the worldwide leader in sports. ESPN produced 35,000 hours of programming last year. So that number includes ultimately half of all live athletic events televised in the United States. The ability to achieve such a feat is possible because they get a huge chunk of fees from all cable users, even dudes who don't like sports and chicks who don't like sports or old people who don't care about sports anymore. But the younger people now are turning more and more to video streaming devices and technologies like Aereo, Netflix, Google, Apple, AirPlay, let's just name a few. You know, John McCain, he's been a tireless opponent saying, you know, people really, really want to end cable packages and bundling. But that's got to new attraction. Fox Sports 1, 24-hour network funded by Rupert Murdoch's 21st Century Fox, came in to try to compete with ESPN. You know, the way they package everything, you could see, you know, it's just crazy. How many... How many cable companies, how many channels would survive if you were able to do a la carte? Probably about 20. And companies and websites like ESPN, or not websites, but channels like ESPN would go to $20, $25 a month. But that would be for the people who really want it. I could live without ESPN. Now, if they bid on the Super Bowl and they get it, and then they're going to say, well, if you don't have a whole year package, we're going to charge $2,000. I, I, I watch the Super Bowl somewhere else. I no longer need it. So as more and more of me become a reality, it's going to be a problem for the cable companies. Now, the cable companies have got the cable modem, which is still the best way of delivering high-speed Internet into your home, and it continually flexes its muscle. Anyhow, lots going on to think about. That's all I got for you today. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. No calls today. Boo-hoo. We've delayed military action in Syria. I think the rhetoric will start picking back up that we're going to do something. Uh, Positive manufacturing from around the world today. That's positive. It, It bodes well for a good number on employment on Friday which means 10-year treasury could go to 3%, which means mortgage costs could go higher, which would slow the economy, but that may be a good thing. This is Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Don't forget I'll be in Los Gatos Thursday, September 12th for a retirement workshop boot camp with CFP Chad Burton. You can learn more about the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not... 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.